This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. Oh, yeah. Always psychs me up for the show. And then you start telling me about Facebook or Amazon. No, uh, I'm going to talk about Zoom. Oh, Zoom. We all love Zoom. Here we are. He's using Zoom even as we speak. We do. Love is perhaps the wrong word. I confess the learning curve for Zoom, I found, particularly as I was originally using it not for business meetings, but for trying to get a disparate group of quite elderly musicians to actually you know, meet every are night. Are we talking I about the, the George curve. Formby Club? We are talking about the George Formby Society. But yes. trying, I, I did not find it very easy to explain to people. The FAQ, I think, is absolutely terrible. But I confess that once you know how to use Zoom, it has been a boon. I know a lot yes. of people hate it, but it seems to it seems to do what it says on the tin. It works. I know in the past we've used other things. We've used FaceTime for communicating. We've used Skype. Skype. But I, Zoom just seems to do what it is supposed to. It does. And now it does even more. You'll be delighted to hear. Yes. Due to the latest update, which brought us Zoom apps. Oh, my heart and is sinking. No, okay, no, no, tell Zoom me. Zoom apps are, it's a whole, dozens and dozens of uh, apps that you can add to Zoom. Right. Some of them for note-taking and sharing whiteboards, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, some of them are just for fun. So there's one called Ask Zoom. Away, which is designed to stop awkward silences in business meetings by throwing some trivia quizzes at you, and you have to try and they'll compete to answer them. What? In the middle of a business meeting? Yes. Okay. Have you got one? <laughs> a... have, you, have you got one? I mean, uh, we're having a business meeting. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have. I didn't want to interrupt our radio show with you and I playing games. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, there's one called Heads Up, where one player has to uh, guess what's on the card, and he can't see it, but everyone else can, and they sort of make suggestions to him or her. Uh, there's Gaggle Party, which has drawing uh, games and card games, all kinds of things. There are literally dozens of them around. As far as I can see, they all appear to be free. And, of course, that does raise alarm bells. And when you read the small print, it tells you that the app may be able to view the content and product usage for all participants. And it adds, in a sinister fashion, the app can view this information at any time, including outside a Zoom experience. We'll try and explain why you're nervous about that. Well, the idea that these apps can track what you're doing, even when you're not Zooming, using Zoom, mm. is a little scary. I don't quite see how they can do that without hijacking your uh, camera and microphone. But I, I don't quite understand. I'm going to have to check up on that and find out exactly what's going on. But in the meantime, they seem to be fun and relatively harmless. Okay. Well, I go along with relatively harmless. Of course, we actually use Zoom now because I get slightly bored of hosting a music thing every week, and we had 127 songs. We now play, uh, oh, I suppose, it's Zoom Bingo. The oh. songs are chosen randomly, and we get numbers from 1 to 127. People shove down numbers beforehand on their card, and we, we play bingo as well as music. 
So you see, Excellent. it's like it's like the old parlor games of old. Uh, technology, technology mixed with parlor games. What <laughs> could be better? I see everybody under age of fifty telling us, but luckily we can't <laughs> hear them. So what now? Well, it's battery time. We've got a few battery stories coming up, okay. starting with uh, Stanley Whittingham. Now, you might not know who Stanley Whittingham is. I didn't know who Stanley Whittingham is. Then I'm not he, ashamed to admit I don't either. He is one of three scientists who won a Nobel Prize in chemistry back in the 1970s mm. for the invention of the lithium-ion battery. Oh. Yes. Present in just about everything we use yes, that yes, isn't yes. physically plugged into the wall. And uh, since the 1970s, it has clearly greatly irritated Stanley Whittingham that uh, impurities uh, in the battery technology mean that on the first cycle, battery storage is reduced by about 18%. Ooh. Yes, quite a lot, isn't it? Yes, it's almost yes. 20%. The solution, Stanley says, is NMC811. Well, I wouldn't disagree with him. Or nickel manganese cobalt, which is what the new cathodes are being made of, which only has a loss of 7%, which is good. It means that your phone could last an extra couple of hours. Okay, but if they cycled the batteries once before they sold them, there'd be less loss on the first cycle when we well, had there them. Would, there would be the same loss. It would just take place <laughs> at their factory. Yes, uh, yes. Rather than... Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's not that people notice a lot. Anyway, I think that's a very good thing. So, future battery needs um, are going to be absolutely immense. As yes, people ditch fossil fuels in favour of electric cars, electric bikes, electric everything. Yes. Well, I think, given that we've never mentioned Sandy Whitney before, we should have a little fanfare. And as it's from the seventies when he first invented, we should have this one. Hey, well, that's for Sandy Whittingham. Uh, well, he got that as well as a third of a Nobel Prize. His cup he did. floweth over. Absolutely. So um, uh, lithium is what batteries, of course, are mainly made of. Mm. And it is sparse and it's controlled largely by China. Mm. And um, so people are worried about what's going to happen when the lithium runs out or when the prices just get jacked up. Yes. And there's a company called Form Energy in Boston who produced not a lithium ion battery, but an iron air battery. Oh, there's lots yes. of iron around. There's lots of iron around. Um, this is 10% of the cost of lithium. Um, and they're the battery farms for sort of storing off-grid. Mm-hmm. They can store energy for up to 100 hours, and it does it by initiating and then reversing the process of rust. Not, I suppose, by going around painting everything with hammerite or something. Well, I don't know. That would be a good solution, <laughs> wouldn't it? An awful lot of hammerite. Yes, and then you've got to reverse it. I don't know how you do that. We'll scrape it all off again. (laughs) Well, I'm imagining that's not the way, but how extraordinary you can you can initiate and then reverse the rust process. It is. It's it's remarkable. Even more remarkable than that, be Mm. prepared to be shocked, is a company in Italy called Energy Dome, um, who have produced batteries that run on carbon dioxide, which is really very very clever hmm. and um carbon dioxide is not only effectively free but there's too much of it around so we need to get rid of it in some way and what they do is they have electric turbines which compress 
the carbon dioxide in a flexible bladder. I'm, okay. I didn't want to use the term bladder, but it's what but, they use, so I'm using yes. it. Yes, okay. And uh, and that uh, then creates a heat, which is drawn into uh, the thermal storage. And then when they want to uh, get the energy back, they use that heat to evaporate the liquid CO2 back into a gas, which in turn powers a second set of turbines that then turns it back into electricity. Uh, and they reckon that the, this runs on an efficiency of 75%. So the energy you put in, you get 75% of it back, mm. which doesn't sound like a lot, but actually as energy storage goes, that's pretty good. You, you have discussed this before. I mean, particularly, I think when we were talking about lifting massive concrete blocks up and then letting them go down. And Yes. I can't remember what figure it was, but 75% in comparison to what you discussed in the past does seem pretty efficient. Yes, it does. Yeah. And all running on carbon dioxide. Isn't that clever? There seems clever people around. Yes. Let's have one of these. Yeah, there are clever people around. They're often doing very silly things. Yes, indeed. Certainly well, in the tech, tech field. But I'm glad to say all those people improving batteries, that's all to the good. And an awful lot of these clever people work for Apple. Not mm. by no means all of them, but though they, all, I think they all want to work for Apple. And when Apple brought out the iPhone with the notch in the top, which contains the camera and mm. the 3D sensor and all the other various gadgets and gizmos that make it work so well, uh, they were mocked, roundly mocked, most notably by Samsung, who said, isn't it ridiculous? Imagine a phone with a notch. And then uh, a year later, Samsung introduced a phone with a phone notch. With a notch, yes. yes. <laughs> Apple, everyone's been trying to find ways of getting rid of the notch. And Apple have filed a new patent, and we know how much we like our patents. Mm -hmm. And this is a way of putting the sensors under the display. Of course, if you put the sensors under the display, then the display gets in the way, mm. as, as you would kind of imagine. And they have two solutions to this. Um, one of them is a periscope camera, which will sort of pop right. up yes. when you need to use it and then pop down again when you don't, which okay. does seem ridiculous. Sounds a bit clunky, doesn't it? It's yes. clunky. Um, well, if you think that's clunky, the second approach is even more bizarre, which is that the whole screen will slide down in order for you to uh, to use your face recognition or the camera or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, uh, not the glass that covers it, just the screen underneath. And rather cleverly, as the screen slides down, the content on the screen slides up in the opposite direction. So all you see is a sort of little black band appearing at the top of the screen. You don't notice all your content sliding out of the way. Mm -hmm. But of course, all this mechanical sliding, apart from uh, using up, presumably, a lot of battery. If every time you want to use your camera or you want to use Face ID, then mm. it slides out of the way. But having moving parts in phones is such a retrograde step. Uh, yes. you know, since, since they got rid of the physical dial, phones have tended not to have moving parts. That's altogether yes. a good thing. Yes. So you don't think either... So the notch is with us to stay, in other words, you feel... I think the notch is going to be with us to stay probably for, for some time to come, but they are working on it and they want to get rid of it. And being the clever chaps they are at Apple, I'm sure they will find a way. 
I mean, yes, of course, my phone is so old, I don't even know what a notch looks like. Well, I know what a notch looks like. I don't know what this particular notch looks like. I will show you my notch at some point and you can <laughs> oh, gasp in amazement. I haven't <laughs> had an offer as good as that for a long time. Let us just briefly pause for breath. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. You're listening to Gadgets and Gizmos. I, I'm in conversation as ever uh, with Steve Kaplan, our technology editor. So what now? Well, I like to mention apps occasionally uh, on this program, mm. as you know, because I do enjoy trying out new apps on my phones, particularly games. And there's a curious one. I would call it the we're, app we're of the going, week, but I'm not oh, going to call it the app of the week. So I don't need to play the app of the week music. You were reaching for the button, weren't you? I was reaching for yes. the button, but I shall pause. Yes, like, you know, I like some of the other strange stuff. I shall resist. Okay. This is a very bizarre game. It's called Mosquito Attacks Simulator. And right. It's on iOS. Um, and you play a mosquito. <laughs> uh, who you steer around the house, hmm. and in level one, you have to attack a sleeping baby and uh, and land on it, stick your proboscis in, or whatever they call hmm. the nasty bits of, uh, of a mosquito, yes. Yes. and then suck its blood out. How charming. Level two, you have to bite the baby twice. And this is all without getting swatted. I don't <laughs> right? know what level three is, because I gave up at that point. Wow. It, is, it is a truly unpleasant idea for an ad. It's free, by which I mean it's full of ads. Right. Because that's the way that free tends to work these days. But curiously, the ads are almost all ads for other free apps. So they're all paying each other to advertise in their in their games. And I'm not quite sure who actually makes any money out of it. Somebody, somebody must do somewhere. Did you enjoy playing the game? Not at all. Oh, okay. No, apart from the fact that it's quite easy to steer the mosquito around and to avoid being swatted, it is just thoroughly unpleasant. Yeah. So I can't really recommend that one, although I thought I'd mention it to you anyway. No, well, I'm glad I didn't press the button now. Yes, I, absolutely. Not worth it. Absolutely not worth it. So, so when Alexa, I what's the news? Alexa, what time is it? Alexa, what's the weather like? You made absolutely sure Alexa that? wasn't in the room with you when you started I absolutely saying that. did. Yes. Imagine if your name is Alexa. Well, we discussed this a long time ago. Well, we're discussing it again. Yeah. Because yeah. there has been a big outcry of people called Alexa saying um, they're being bullied at school, which oh. is understandable, really, with people shouting at them to do things all the time. Um, and some of them have gone so far as to change their names. And they have complained to Amazon about it. Mm. And Amazon say, rather disingenuously, well, you can change the wake-up name to something else. But Oh, can you? you? I didn't even know you could do that we discussed this i think oh, did 300 we? odd shows ago oh yeah well i hadn't got i hadn't got my own amazon echoes no, then. You, now you i'm can... more interested yes well the reason they chose alexa as the name is because nothing rhymes with alexa so you can't it, it's not a word that easily be confused hmm. with other things 
Okay. Uh, whereas if you called it things like computer, then it's tricky. So, you know, Apple has Hey Siri for the mm. same reason, and Google has yes. OK Google. Yes. Because they've got to find unique uh, phrases that don't clash with anything. So you can change it. But of course, what you can't do is to get all your school friends or other school enemies to change theirs at home. So even if you change yours, they're going to carry on calling theirs Alexa yes, and they're yes. going to carry on teasing you. So if your name happens to be Alexa, I'm very sorry. But mm. you're stuck with it. Shame, really, isn't it? Yes. 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 However, my name isn't Alexa. Absolutely. Let us move on to our crowdfunding time of the week. There we are. More up-to-date fanfare. It is a much more up-to-date fanfare. And um, it's another electric bike. This is called the Crown Cruiser uh, e-bike. And Gosh, it, well, uh, I have to say, I like the name. It actually just sounds like a really nice electric bike. It does. That's probably why they yes. chose it. Yes. It is spelt sensibly. It is spelt Crown Cruiser, exactly mm. as you'd hope. Gosh, there's hope for the world yet. <laughs> well, and it's a, it's a very pretty bike. It has a carbon fibre frame. Mm. Um, it looks a bit more like a motorbike than a regular bike due to its sort of infilled, um, whatever that V section is between the saddle and the handlebars is called. There's probably a name for it. Yes. And I don't know either. No. Anyway, that diamond section. Um, mm. And uh, it has automatic unlocking from an app on your phone. And when you just sidle up to it, it unlocks it for you, which I think is rather mm. clever, better than having keys. Um, it has a phone dock. As long as your phone battery charger. hasn't gone. Yes. No, it has a dock with a charger in it. So when you plug your phone in, oh. it charges your phone up from the battery. It has a removable battery as well um, and a range of 100 miles. And curiously, really curiously, it describes itself as being backed by Her Majesty's government, which is fair enough, except it then goes on to offer a top speed of 31 miles an hour. And since a top speed of 31 miles an hour is illegal for a, uh, an electric bike, they're not really allowed to go above, I think it's 18 miles an hour is the, uh, is the really? limit. Oh, hmm. uh, I don't quite understand how HM government can be approving of something that that so blatantly breaks the law hmm. anyway if you like the idea of that's, it, that's what counts as indignant you being indignant really doesn't it oh i don't really get indignant well, as peeved. close as you get yes, mildly <laughs> peeved. yes well we just have to see if hm government is mildly peeved as well well indeed so you have a week left uh to plonk down your two thousand three hundred and forty pounds uh, where you can join the zero other people who have also put down their £2,340 for this Zero. Oh. Although they claim to have raised £56,000, although clearly not through Indiegogo, because there are, there are no people having effectively bought it. So I'd, maybe but you, but you, like the, you like the sound, apart from the speed limit thing, you like the sound of it. I do like the sound of it. I especially like the advanced speed you can get from it. But um, I think people who buy them will quickly be... I suppose it's for, uh, for off-road use. That's probably mm. their get-out laws. My own bike has a booster button, which they say is for off-road use. But I have to admit... No, I can't admit it because I'm live on radio. I don't. Yeah. I never use the off-road button when I'm, uh, when no, I'm because on the it, Because it would make you too, go too fast, yes. It would make I'm you like, go too fast. I've been at 31 miles per hour on a really push bike, but only going downhill. 
It's scary, isn't it? Yes, it is actually above. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, frankly, anything above about twenty can yes. get a little bit nervous. You start thinking about what's going to happen to my knees if I fall off now. Yes, exactly. Yes. Right, um, and so let us move on to the Ordnance Survey. Who oh, I like um, them. produced? But do you know why they're called Ordnance Survey? No. Because they were set up to oh, produce uh, maps do, for the uh, army. Yes, sorry. Yes, 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 yes. Right. yes. And uh, as we point out regularly, many other countries don't have anything like the same thing as the Ordnance Survey. In the United no. States in particular, there are certain areas of the country that have been mapped well and other bits that are completely vague. It's curious, isn't it? Yes, yes. Hmm. Anyway, they are, they're releasing their first game. Oh. Uh, it's called um, Preloaded, and it's a Pokemon Go-type game. Uh, where as you're moving around using their maps, uh, you have geolocated quests so that you can be out enjoying a nice walk. And if you get bored and there are no geocaches nearby, mm. then you can use their quests to entertain yourself. They reckon they're going to launch that next year. Uh, I, I look forward to it eagerly. I don't know how much they're going to charge for it or whether they're going to charge by the quest or how mm -hmm. intrusive it's going to be. They say that it's not going to interrupt a pleasant country walk if you just want a pleasant country walk, but it could make kids, for example, or indeed adults mm. with short attention spans, uh, more keen to go for walks out in the countryside. Uh, well, I confess, as an adult with a short attention span, that's exactly what I've been using geocaching for over the years. Oh, uh, well, indeed, I somehow yes. feel, you know, if you can find a walk where there are quite a few geocaches to look for, it, it's if you're on your own, it does sort of give me an incentive to go out mm. for a walk. Mm. Particularly as often with the geocaches, you get a lot of bit of local information, which I find quite useful. Mm. You do. I haven't done any for a while, but uh, have we explained what geocaches are? I don't know, but we certainly can. It's Go ahead. So GPS, which was originally a military system, um, uh, President Clinton ordered that it be freed so that everybody could enjoy it. And within a couple of days, some nerd had hidden something in a forest somewhere in America and said to a mate, go and find it. These are the coordinates. And that's essentially what it is. Things hidden around the place, towns and countryside, and you go and find them. And sometimes they've got little bits of treasure inside for children um and it's great fun some are really difficult you have to abseil there's even one on the international space station apparently no quite really <laughs> yeah it's yes, quite hard to get to that one yes um but yeah i thought and some are incredibly clever some are doing some really like being in the krypton factor others are just mm. rather rather simpler uh, and they give I you games and quizzes don't they to try and find them yes they can as yes. well all manner of all manner of things yes Oh, yeah, entertaining. And that is what geocaching is. Are you just down, there's a, one app and you download it and it's free and off you go. Hmm. Yeah. Um, let's have a reasonable on. explanation then. I don't know. No, that's a very good explanation. Okay. So I hope people Splendid. will take up geocaching on your recommendation. Found one um, only on last Monday. It was my 610th, something like that. Oh, you keep track. Well, the app keeps track for you. If you wanted to keep track without the app, you could always try carving notches in your phone. And then, of course, well, you yes. have notches in your yes. phone. Yes, I would. <laughs> Possibly not authorised ones. That's true. No, maybe not. But there were, I mean, even the Victorians did things like that. I think it was called letterboxing, and I don't quite understand it. But, I mean, going back, I think, to Victorian times, um, people would hide these things, and then you would go off and look for them. Um, hmm. So it's not that new. It's just the GPS editions. Yeah. Uh, makes you, and what is quite extraordinary is how hard it was often to find them using a phone in the early days. You used to use Garmin GPS things, which weren't terribly accurate. But even on my iPhone 6, 
they are so much more accurate than they used to be just 10 yes. years ago. Yes. Oh, that's because they liberated them. I mean, 10 years ago, they weren't allowed to be more accurate than, uh, I think, 10 metres. Oh, okay. For defence purposes. Oh, um, right. Now they said, that's ridiculous. Let's make them accurate again. Okay. They were deliberately crippled. So last week, we uh, discussed a few of uh, the Amazon comments that people had made on the... Oh, yes, I remember. Things. And we talked about some of the entertaining reviews that were around. Oh, yes, so we, couldn't, we couldn't remember any. Oh, how wonderful. I found some, yes. Uh, one is, a, is for uh, uranium ore. I didn't know you. Apparently, you can buy uranium <laughs> ore on Amazon in the United oh, fantastic. States. Fantastic! And uh, one of the uh, reviews said, uh, gave it three stars and said, "Poor packaging. I purchased this product four point four seven billion years ago, and when I opened it today, it was half empty." That is brilliant. That's very good, isn't it? <laughs> That's absolutely glorious. Yes. Mm. Yes, you like. I mean, whoever that was, if they've got a show in Edinburgh, I'm going to see it. (laughs) There's another one for a UFO detector. Amazon is full of UFO detectors, which are basically plastic boxes with flashing lights inside. Yes. And someone gave it one star saying, I don't know if this is a scam, but it doesn't work. And I'm still getting abducted by UFOs on a regular (laughs) basis. Excellent. Uh, And the third one for today is a box canvas print of Paul Ross. Um, right, why, why would you want that? Why anyone other than... Um, I, I can't even, I'm not even sure who Paul Ross is. I suppose I should be able to... Well, isn't, uh, well I may have this wrong. Is he not Jonathan Ross's brother who does radio shows? Is that Paul he, Ross? He is indeed the same. He's, I didn't know Jonathan yeah. Ross's brother, but he is... Uh, yes, you're absolutely no, I got right. interviewed yes, him yes. by him once, I believe, yes, a long time ago. But I, anyway. didn't, I didn't want a 20-inch canvas print, and he didn't offer me one either. Well, I can't imagine who'd want this. I don't perhaps Paul Ross's mother and possibly Jonathan Ross. But anyway, so this uh, you can buy a box canvas print of him uh, on Amazon. And uh, this review said, if you only buy one 20-inch canvas print of Paul Ross this year, this is the one to get. You can't disagree with that. It's very good, isn't it? That's splendid. I must say, I, I'd be perfectly happy if you found more of these every week. Uh, so feel I, free to throw one in when I will spot one. find some more for it, you well, next week don't go looking this there but if you spot one in the ordinary um, way of mm. things do please I seem to remember a while ago it was when they discovered that there was it Bix did a, a pink pen for, for ladies yes, yes there were lots of funny reviews of that um, uh, well I, uh, I actually have one I was going to give it to you next week but I will give it to you now instead there were lot uh, pink pens it is ridiculous I remember being in uh uh, a hardware store and saying that Stanley, who make tools, mm-hmm. made a pink toolkit for women. I oh mean, it goodness. is so, so insulting. So this it's a pink pen and it's called Bic for her because it's a pink pen. Oh, and you one got this the, down um, anyway. I'm sorry. I yes, didn't realise. No, no, yeah, right. And it. one of the comments was, before I bought this product, I couldn't write. But now I'm an engineer. Mind you, I only design pink flowery bridges. fantastic thank you thank you thank you so what else let's get serious again let's get serious oh no let's not get serious i've enjoyed myself so much i've just realized we've ever run time i apologize i wasn't paying attention i was having too good a time when was the last time i said that steve thank you very (laughs) much indeed that's it for this edition of gadgets and gizmos with simon rose and steve kaplan is it a gadget is it a gizmo no it's gadgets and gizmos with steve kaplan and simon rose